Am I reading this correctly? 200, 229 million is basically what they're saying it would cost to do the caps and stitches. Um, so that was the estimate. Yes, it came out of the initial feasibility study. Um, you know, uh, there's several caveats on that. Uh, you know, one is that's based on, you know, some initial assumptions about, you know, loading tolerances, you know, what structures would be needed. Um, obviously, we have more work to do on that in this next phase. So I, I would say that's that's maybe kind of an early preliminary estimate. Um, but that's but that's definitely within the range. I mean, what we're estimating right now is the the structures would be in that, you know, two to three hundred million dollar range. And then, you know, we'd be looking at whatever the surface improvements cost. So I actually think right now we're anticipating those costs would actually be, you know, all in uh, a little bit higher than that. Um, but again, we have to come up with a, an, an updated estimate of cost and we will be getting there um, as we get into late spring and summer um, in this next phase of preliminary engineering um, and design that we're in right now. I think you quoted me. I can't remember exactly. Uh, five to eight hundred million is a ballpark, maybe. And I yeah. saw this, and I'm two hundred because two hundred thirty million is a lot less. Now you said that's just for the struck. That's not for the whole thing, or uh, yeah. So, so what we're anticipating right now, and this is based on some of our coordination and engineering work with TechDot, is you know j just to get the structures and foundations in place. Right now, we're looking at about you know three to four hundred million dollars, um, and that's looking at fifteen to seventeen acres of opportunity um, that we've been assessing. And again, this has just been evolving in our analysis um, with TechDot. Um, obviously, we'd be looking at whatever then what surface amenities would cost, and so that's why we're, we're really working with a, I think a, a total order of magnitude cost of of somewhere between you know seven hundred to eight hundred million dollars right now, um, all in. And that, those have been the numbers that I've been using when I've been talking to, you know, mobility committee, council, um, you know, public um, is, is that kind of magnitude of costs. Again, just because we're so early in, we will get an, a, an updated estimate and have some better numbers, I think, based on some better information about things like, you know, geotechnical, the soils, um, geometrics, you know, what we're actually working at with the alignment of the the the, the structures and the and the caps and we'll get some just that next level of detail as we get into this this next phase as we're getting through this next phase so that will give us a better idea of what we're talking about with with cost and and that next phase you said i think you said early 2023 yeah so we are in the middle spring. of preliminary engineering and design right now um this you know this last couple of months we've got our team on board um late spring of 22 this first phase of work has really been for them to get up to speed um do get some additional initial analysis look at what was done in that feasibility assessment that cast did um and, and uh, atkins did and 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 really kind of uh, true up some of that information and now they'll be using some of that information to develop some concepts with the community so they'll be taking that next step to develop a a couple of different concept scenarios with the community um, again, updating and and kind of taking the next step from that initial feasibility assessment, um, getting that initial level detail, working with the concepts with the community, and then that'll get us to a an updated cost estimate as well. So when you talk about concepts with the community, the kind of things are like, are we going to do, what are we going to put on the caps? Is that the idea? That's it. That's it. It's like, what what does this look like? You know, we, we got some initial feedback through surveys and, and, and public uh, you know, outreach events. We've gotten some initial feedback that there's a, a big desire for, you know, better connectivity, you know, bike paths, green spaces, 
you know, other amenities. And so now we want to start to say, OK, we've gotten some initial feedback. Let's start to put this into a configuration of what this could look like and then say, you know, hey, community, did we get this right? What are we missing? Uh, we also have a community steering committee that we're working with, which is a group of community stakeholders um, that will also be working with to say, you know, hey, are we getting this right? But also, are we doing a good job reaching out to the members of the community that we need to? And that that's also a part of this work over the next several months. I seem to recall in, uh, was it Gina Fiandaka's memo that they were talking about? Am I remembering this correctly, that they wanted to go, the, 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 initialist, the initial review of who they had reached out to wasn't a wide enough group and they wanted to go back out and do it again? Am I remembering that correctly? Or maybe that's a different government agency? <laughs> well, you know, I think, it's, I think it's always, you know, a challenge for us is to make sure that we're doing a good job reaching out. And, and definitely we're looking at you know, who, you know, who came to public events, who's responded to surveys, who we've been able to reach out to through some of our, uh, you know, proactive um, outreach activities, and then seeing, you know, where, where we can do a better job. And so I think we're just continuing to try to build upon what we've had and, and, and just try to try to do our best in, in reaching out uh, to other parts of the community, particularly those parts that have been affected by I-35. So we definitely want to make sure we're reaching out effectively to, you know, historical black, black and Hispanic communities that have been on the east of east side of 35, um, other neighborhoods and communities that have been located around 35 to make sure that they are engaged in in the process. No decisions yet about whether to put buildings on. So not not yet. What, what we're trying to figure out is what's possible right now, and that was really what came out of that initial feasibility assessment. And now we're going to try to true that up in this next phase. Um, the initial analysis. Sorry, true, sorry, sorry, Mike. True it up with what? So initial analysis um, that we have working um, out of the feasibility assessment was that based on what what was again looking at what we knew at the time, is that we're looking at potentially one to two story. Uh, mm -hmm. buildings or structures that could be possible um, on the kind of outer areas of the caps, um, you know, or or the or even a, along some of the widened stitches, um, some of the widened crossings. Um, but we're, we have to get into a next level of analysis that we're doing that now. And, and that will help us to verify that that's the case or if there might be an opportunity to maybe even do, you know, higher and, you know, maybe three or four story facilities versus one or two stories. So we're just trying to to, to, to verify that information and just make sure that we're working with the right assumptions uh, and being honest with the community about what we can or can't do, uh, honestly, right. with the CAPS. With the funding, I know last time we talked, you'd, you'd mentioned uh, trying to figure out a, a funding stack. I mean, basically a whole bunch of different sources of funding. Has there been any movement in, in, the, in that regard? Well, yeah, we're, we have a lot of, of analysis that we're doing right now, and, mm -hmm. and we're looking at, you know, kind of kind of any and all scenarios that, that make sense with regards to to how to put together the funding for this. And, and again, with any and I think we've talked about this before, you know, with a lot of these different projects around the nation, uh, they tend to be a, a stack of funding from various sources. Um, some could be federal funding, grants, um, loans, other things, uh, private foundation funding, like in the case of Dallas. I think $50 million came from private uh, foundation funding. Um, and then, um, you know, local funding could be, you know, uh, you know, tax taxpayer supported funding, other funding sources. And so, you know, obviously we're doing our best to analyze all the all the funding strategies that, that might make sense. Um, you know, we, we don't want to first and foremost um, hit up the taxpayers again. We want to make sure that we're doing our due diligence and seeing what funding options might be possible. Could be possible that, you um, you know, there could be retail opportunities as well. There could be some public-private partnership opportunities. We're exploring those. 
Um, we're exploring also what value uh, might be kind of uh, unlocked and potentially captured from putting these improvements in place along with the new highway. So we're doing a lot of that analysis now. And I think that will, as we get into the spring of next year, we'll have a better idea of what's possible as far as some of these different funding strategies and then how to start putting those together. And then we'll be coming back out with some some of those recommendations for how that's starting to look. How concerned are you about an inflation? Well, I mean, you know, cost escalation is always a part of any construction project. Um, you know, concern would probably be an overstatement. I think that we're we're keeping an eye on costs um, going forward. We know that there's been cost escalations that have been happening with several of our programs um, that we've been doing in the city. We're definitely keeping an eye on that. And again, I think as we're looking at our cost estimates and magnitude of cost, we're we're trying to make sure that they're staying realistic with what's happening uh, with the market. And and so. We'll be looking at that analysis as we come out with that next um, level of cost estimate, but also as we're looking at those uh, funding opportunities as well. We don't want to we don't want to come up short um, based on what where we'll actually be at and what we'll need um, when it comes time for construction. So so we're, we're absolutely thinking about that as we're kind of putting this together. Would these caps and stitches they have to be built toward the end of the of construction, right? I mean, you couldn't would you would. Would it work like TxDOT builds the road and then you add them, or is it kind of done at the same time while they're building the road? They really do it the do it at the same time. Um, you know, as the as the, the the roadway is built, you know, they basically they, you know, they have to basically create that configuration for the supports, the the columns, the the foundations, you know, and, and really integrate it into the design of the highway. That's why it's it's the most cost effective and efficient to do it when the highway is being constructed because you can basically design it all at the same time it's more easily accommodated you don't have to try to retrofit it into an existing design and try to make something work um, that becomes you know a lot more uh, cost prohibitive so this really is our most cost effective means of getting these improvements in place and so um, the, the the opportunity we have is to work with the TxDOT team as they are finishing out the design you know they're wrapping up the environmental process over the coming months um, and then they'll be getting into uh, the, the the next stage of full design. And we'll have a chance to kind of work with them through that as we also take our uh, design forward for the caps as well. So that that's that's the opportunity is we can do all this at the same time. And it ultimately will be more cost effective and, and a better design overall. Is TxDOT paying for some of the the stitches now? They they are they're they're paying for you know what what I would call is a, a a base widened crossing and so like when you think about like the 11th Street crossing right now there's about 10 feet on each side very uncomfortable crossing if you're not in a vehicle um, so they're already going to be reconstructing several of those uh, bridges um, as part of the new highway and what they'll be doing is adding an additional 20 feet on each side so it'll be 30 feet on each side versus the 10 feet so that already gives us an opportunity to create. Uh, more of a, a more comfortable, almost more of a, a great streets, complete streets kind of configuration. Um, and that's that's kind of the base improvement that's being put in. And we're working with Texas on that. And we're glad they're able to incorporate that. So what we're looking for is opportunities to create these these full caps but between um, the crossings, as well as maybe even adding on to some of those crossings as well to even make them more comfortable, particularly as we're looking at crossings where we might have you know, or at least project to have higher uh, bike and pedestrian uh, volumes using those crossings. And so we're looking at, at all of those. We're looking at, at what configurations make the most sense there as well and how best to leverage what TxDOT's already putting in place. 
And so it would be complete. I mean, under the current uh, proposal, I'm forgive my memory if I'm not recalling this. It'd be completely covered from about Cesar Chavez to Eighth Street. That's that's right. Right now, that's the you know, given what we've been able to see, particularly you know, if you look at you know the updated um, alternative three and what we're seeing with alternative two. Um, with alternative three, we're looking at you know potentially a full full caps that could be put in place from uh, Cesar Chavez to Eighth Street. Uh, potentially another cap uh, between 11th and 12th Street, um, and then and then some some uh, little, little partial caps kind of at different locations beyond that. Um, with alternative two that's being contemplated right now, uh, well, we'll, there's a little bit less opportunity between Cesar Chavez and Fourth Street, and then and then picking that up though at Fourth Street to Eighth Street, it looks it tends to look very similar um, to alternative three. So it's a little bit less opportunity alternative two. Uh, we'll see how things shake out with their environmental process and what the preferred alternative is going forward. But how could they do all two at this point, right? Wouldn't they have to do some pretty serious changes to it? I mean, I realize technically everything is uh, up in the air, but it feels like they've done all these changes to all three, making it, especially, you know, moving the frontage roads to the one side of the highway and accommodating more caps. It just kind of is like a, it feels like it's being... Uh, not set up, but it feels like it's we're progressing towards a point where all three is the clear winner. Well, I think, yeah, I would say that they've incorporated a lot of uh, feedback they got uh, from, you know, community, uh, you know, even partner agencies like us um, and other other stakeholders in the community business community. And I, I know they've incorporated a lot of the feedback they got in earlier stages of environmental phase into the alternative three. Now, how that shakes out as far as what's What's selected based on all the analysis that goes into the you know the environmental impact analysis, um, you know that's what's still to be determined. I don't want to get ahead of them on what that might be, but I do know that you know alternative three that I know that 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 alternative captured um, a lot of the the community feedback they had gotten in some of the earlier open houses and comment periods that they had received. So um, we'll just we'll have to see. And I think that that that's not too far away. I think uh, early twenty three is when they'll be. Uh, coming out with their draft environmental impact statement and then getting to the preferred alternative. So we shouldn't have to wait too long to figure that out. Have you heard anything about caps near the university? I know that they're you text.ut UT are in conversation, but I don't know how that's going because they won't tell me. <laughs> well that's my that's my understanding. I wish I had more to tell you there. But we are we are touching base with UT to see um, how they're progressing on that. We do know that they are evaluating those opportunities. Uh, I think they're a little bit further behind on the on the on the timeline than we are as far as that evaluation. Uh, but I know they're trying to do that, um, you know, pretty quickly and trying to figure out if there's something that uh, makes sense to move forward with. But right. My understanding is, is there in that place of, of just trying to figure out um, if something makes sense to move forward with uh, from a university perspective. What's not what's the most underreported part of this uh, whole entire thing in terms of what the public is aware of or maybe what the media has paid attention to from your perspective? Um, yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, I, you know, I, I'll just tell you, um, Nathan, I think if, you know, when I, it's, you know, I'll go out to the site, you know, often just to kind of, you know, look at what's actually out there right now, think about this project. Obviously a lot of us think about this project a lot on a daily basis. I think, you know, if, if anybody really stops and, th and, and thinks about what this project could mean, both looking at, you know, uh, moving all of the highway lanes below street level when you talk about coming through downtown and then really being able to reclaim this amount of space. Um, you know, right now, just from the city side, we're talking about 15 to 17 acres. And then, you know, there could be additional if UT look, is looking at an opportunity. 
I mean, that's a that's a lot of reclaimed space uh, for the community. And I think there's a lot of potential there. And I, I think, you know, one thing, maybe, and I won't say it's underreported, but I think, you know, in the, I know there's been a lot of conversation about the impact of the highway and and this and that. I think, you know, there's a real opportunity here. And I hope that we as a community don't lose this 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 big opportunity um, to reclaim a lot of space and a lot of connections. And and the way I think of it is really almost reconnecting some of those some of those uh, connective fibers of the community that we lost, quite honestly, when I-35 came through uh, mid 20th century. So, again, I, I think it's a, it's a big opportunity. I hope I hope we don't under, you know, understate that and, and, and underthink that as a community. We really need that. We need the community's help to really realize this full potential.